Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 102 of the Talking with the Dad podcast. Yes. Good to be back after a few week break, Steve. Uh, yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. His birthday's passed. He's now 40. 32 years old. 32. Oh. 32. Sorry. <laughs> I am. Ah. <laughs> Lies. 32. 32. Uh, feels good to be 40. Always proud to rock my age. Uh, I got to remember, just because I'm proud of something doesn't mean that someone else is proud of it, right? So, uh, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to out people's age, apparently. Like, so really? I, I just yeah, I got to remember, silly. I'm happy to be 40. I'm happy to be 40. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with being 40. I get no yeah. nothing wrong with it. No, not at all. Right. I mean, I still got a lot of life left ahead yeah, of me. You're not I, even halfway done yet. Yeah, I, maybe a quarter of a way. Some. Me? A little bit more than that, but definitely not, not halfway. How are you doing? Happy uh, Six Flags and all that stuff. Happy no beard. Happy mullet. Happy cool looking shirt. Happy everything. That's all I got going on right there, right in that little bunch. <laughs> right there. Yeah, it's I, going good. Yeah. yeah. What else? Uh, what do you? What do you have to say? For your, I am trying to copy and paste uh, the stream to another place, and I just realized that I almost sent an email to someone. I'm like, I didn't even know how, how I got how, there. How are you three <laughs> steps deep into an email right there? What do you mean? Control so, C, Control V. It's, it's a very simple, very simple <laughs> two part step here. Yeah, well, I should probably be paying attention to what I'm doing. I looked over and I saw the Gmail was open. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not good. Um. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, man. We got no oh, topics. Okay. Oh, question. Got it. We got no topics. We're happy to see each other again. Is there anything you need to get off your chest in regard to things you don't want to talk about? Things that have infuriated you? Things that maybe, you know, you're like, man, this is just picking my bone. Are there things that are making you happy right now? Is there anything? Let's start with happy. No, I'm pretty anything neutral you- on everything right now. Oh, man. We're in purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I mean, there's not, there's not really much going on in the world still, right? Like everything's going to start opening back up soon, but we're not right. quite there yet. And I don't know, New York state lifted its mask ban or mask uh, mandate. And I think everything's like back open in New York now, I think from what I understand, but it's like, you know, they say that and then it's up to the businesses to follow suit whenever they feel like it's comfortable. But yeah, I mean, E3 was kind of lackluster this year. Uh, there hasn't been any new RuneScape content in a very long time. I'm like 50-50 interested in, in WoW Classic. Like, I'm not really playing it. Um, you know, a new WoW retail patch hasn't come out. It was announced for sometime next or uh, in a week or two. So there's that yeah. to look forward to. The new Sea of Thieves update is coming out in four days. So there's that to look forward to. But like... Other than that, as far as, like, gaming and stuff goes, and I don't really consume much media outside of, like, gaming and streams and such, there's not really, you know, much going on for me. So I'm kind of just in my own little bubble over here doing nothing. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. So if you're not, what are you playing? What are you playing nowadays, man? I mean, I, just, I know you're playing just, Overwatch for a little bit, but. Yeah, d- done with Overwatch. Done with Overwatch. Back on the hate Overwatch train. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a terrible dog shit game. It's not fun. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm playing RuneScape a lot, and that's pretty much it. Uh, we we play Divinity once or twice a week, uh, Shane and Thomas and I. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, not not a lot. 
Not a lot. I'm kind of just chilling. Well, good. I wanted to make sure that I let you have a chance to uh, talk about whatever you need to talk about before I go into my mad tirade. So, you know how much I've been looking forward to uh, Q, the peanut gallery, after I say this, we'll count it down, see how long it takes them. Uh, the the DLC for the Black Panther and the Avengers game. Me and the other 15 people who are still concurrently playing it on PC. Uh <laughs> As he looks up the active playership. And uh, so we got our first bit of trailer, cinematic trailer, and that's a, an important distinction to make there for the Black Panther DLC. And yeah, obviously the cinematic looks good. You know, I know the story that they're going to run with, and that all seems cool. It, you know, the Avengers are somehow going to end up in Wakanda, and this is all going to tie into the pre existing protagonist of the game. Uh, antagonist of the game and then you know they'll find a way to work together with the black panther he's gonna have to protect the vibranium and then that will all culminate in 25 minutes of gameplay and then you'll get to run around using black panther now here's the thing that kind of grinds my gears about this whole situation i would almost be okay at this point with the game completely dying but I got to give them props for releasing the content as free, like sticking it's, to it, even just, though I know trickling you through content, though, like yeah. this, the four hour DLCs that they're releasing every four months or whatever it is, that shouldn't take a, a, a normal studio more than, a, you know, a month to do. It's it's not there. It's not like every character is groundbreaking from the next. You know, they, yeah. might, they might be a little bit different, but. It's. I bet it's. It's a combination between the way Hulk does something and the way Captain America does something makes the way Hawkeye does shit, and and you move on, right? Like it, the groundwork and 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 stuff is there already, but they're just gonna keep trickling out four hour pieces of content to keep yeah. the four thousand total players that that want to play the game happy, which is insane to me. You're you're catering to a group of people that's so small you couldn't fill a a baseball stadium. Yeah, I I don't understand what the long uh, long term goal here is because at some point you just got to get to a place like I'm thinking I'm just gonna make the prediction now. I'm After thinking Spider Man, Spider Man, it's done. Yeah, because yeah. they they announced it pre launch, and I would say that they probably have to come through with that. Yeah, um, and I bet you there's nothing after that. They're just they're there probably isn't that was supposed to be a launch thing for the for the PlayStation right and they still no, don't launch oh, exclusive not. exclusive thing for the, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, PlayStation yeah. and it's a year plus later and they still don't have it yeah it's, and that part's absolutely amazing here's the thing that is really trippy about this whole situation like you said they are trickling out the content but sometimes you just got to learn how to tap out right someone's about to rip your arm off on the mat you tap i mean unless you're you know, uh, man. you have self-respect so, so not in gaming though you gotta like yeah. if you if you uh, promise and announce things you have to fulfill that right um, right, right right if not the eu is gonna sue you to death Right. Like, you know, the European Union has, has a lot of weird trade laws with stuff like that. So if you gotcha. if you bought the, the game with the idea of playing Spider-Man and it is now a year later, you're probably pretty pissed. Yeah, I would say so. I would say they'd have to, people have to be pretty pissed, especially now that there's talk that they might open that up for the other platforms for uh for Xbox and for PC. But at this after point, a, I don't... after a period of time, I would imagine. Um yeah. But it's 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 not good. It's it's really not good. No. Uh here's the crazy thing about Avengers though, man. I love the content creators who have made a career, just not a career, who have 
their content as of late since the game came out has been about pooling on the game or big upping the game and now it's funny to see everyone come to this unanimous decision where it's like all right so this should probably just come to an end like the skins ridiculous the fact that they charge people for some of this stuff like they just released the end game uh skins for the characters and it just dawned on me i was like man i wonder who buys this type of stuff i know there has to be a market people are buying it but I don't think there's anything that I've seen that I'm like, oh, I'm going to pay $15 so I can look like a more movie-accurate Iron Man versus, you know, late 80, 1980s well, I mean, Iron Man. Skins and games are good. Uh, okay. The, the, I mean, the developers get paid, right? Because it, it's minimal effort for, you know, more money that you can make. I don't mind, right. I don't mind skins. Yeah, I can see where maybe with COD or other games like that, but I'm, 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 not, I'm not giving you 20 bucks. For in-game Tony Stark, you can you can you can go suck on all of them, right? And tell your staff to come with you, and they can help finish it off. I'm not giving you one red cent for that. But again, kudos to them for you know sticking to it. Someone's excited about this. I'm probably going to be more excited when I actually play it. I was excited to play the Hawkeye DLC, and then predictably, I was like, well, the game this portion is obviously coming to an end because I can see where they're going with the story. And then there was nothing else to do after that. There's no point in leveling the character up. There's nothing satisfying about it because it's just like, eh, what does it matter? Because it sounds Hawkeye, like it's a bad game. The, yeah. The issue is right, and, and you and you you were gonna say the story is good. The stuff that you do in the story, the first time you play through it, is good, right? Yeah. But that doesn't make a good game. A bad game can have a great story, but a, a good game and a great game will keep you coming back to play it again. It'll get you to do the things that you didn't think you were going to do, like getting all the collectibles and, and, yeah. and stuff like that, right? Like, But it doesn't seem like there's enough substance there for you to actually want to do any of that. It's like, oh, we played through the, we played through the game. Like you with Spider-Man, right? Uh, oh, how, you amazing. guys have played through that game 10 times. We're, right. we're pushing 20 right now. Yes. Right, right. You guys have played through the game double digits amounts of times, but you have played through the Avengers once. And yeah. that's it. And that's probably all it'll ever be because there's not enough substance behind it, right? There's, 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 with three DLCs now, there's 20 hours worth of content. Yeah, no, absolutely. And here's the thing it, it doesn't have the staying power of other single player games or story based games. Like, I was okay playing through God of War once right and i felt so satisfied after i beat the game where i was like ah it wasn't because there was nothing else to do there was still stuff on the map i could have cleared that would have took like another bunch of hours or so but i was like man i just i feel good about this i've completed the story and now i can put the game down and enjoy it same thing with the lord of the rings game i was like the story was good i'm okay with the first one more so uh with avengers there's not even enough the story isn't even good enough for me to go like i felt good putting the remote down Maybe if they somehow wrapped us all up with the Spider-Man thing and I'm just like, all right, well, this was a good time. Maybe I'll feel that way. But yeah, it's 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 uh, it's not a good game. I might just have to go back and play Days Gone to really, uh, really feel like I've accomplished something in my yeah, life. And then Ghost Recon Breakpoint after that again. Listen, I played Ghost. Bre <laughs> that game. I'm still confused about that game, but man, I actually had so much fun playing it <laughs> up until the point. <laughs> I was like, man, this is a, like, I've never seen glitches. Like I've seen in Ghost Recon. I was chasing a guy who I had to kill for a mission and he ran through a wall that I could not find for like another two hours. It was absolutely, absolutely amazing. But screw Avengers, man. Um, I was going to ask you, man, 
New World, Amazon, any updates on that? It's coming out in August. Ah. It's been coming yeah. out in August for six months now. I thought it got delayed. It got delayed to August. To August. Okay. Yeah. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a- I'm apprehensive, right? I mean, I-, I don't like when games get delayed. We've talked about this a number of times. But yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That uh Battlefield is coming out in October. Uh, right, right. very very excited for that. I think those are the only two games on the horizon that I'm actually like genuinely excited for. Yeah, it's funny Shane was talking to me about uh Battlefield. I know a bunch of people were pumped up for that one, man. Yeah. I've never played a lick of it, uh downloaded I don't know which battlefield from um, the PlayStation uh, Plus. My it comes with my subscription. Is one of the free games. I was gonna get into it, and I realized Gavin was trying to play it on his own. I was like, it's probably not a good game for you to be playing, so I had to uninstall it. But, <laughs> life lessons. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Battlefield's very good. Uh, right. I, I've I've enjoyed most of them. The uh, last two that came out were, in my opinion, horrendous. Uh, not one was okay. Battlefield One is a World War One based game. Uh, one was okay. It's playable. Five is maybe the worst experience I've ever had in a Battlefield game of how bad the game is. Um, so now they're going back to modern combat, actually even a little bit postmodern. Um, and we're going to be getting into that. So it's very very exciting for me. Um, Battlefield Three and Four were were the best games in my opinion. They're very very good. Uh, so we're going to get some modern combat. There's a lot of little little tweaks and changes that they're making to the game that I'm interested about. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say excited. I'm interested. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we sit. Yeah, I mean, um, anytime I've watched gameplay of like the older Battlefield games, I've always been amazed. I think it's the skill thing with first-person shooters with me. It's the graphics, but it's also the skill. Some of the stuff you guys pull off in these games, I'm what, I'm what you call a highlight enjoyer. I'm just like, oh, man, that's amazing. I wish I was that good. <laughs> Don't want to put in the time to do it though. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely, uh... absolutely. No, you gotta know you gotta know your skill level, right? So I think that you know where you'll be with practice and how good you'll be, right? I would be at best a mediocre first person shooter game. And I, I could have some fun with you guys running around and you know, run into the wall, get in killed by a better guy. A mediocre player is pretty good. No. Yes. Yes. There are like five <laughs> very good players in Battlefield. And then there's some like pretty good, like some like, yeah, those guys are pretty good. And then everyone else is running around trying to figure out where the fuck they are. <laughs> We're all in agreement. It's like, just run that way. Yeah, pretty I much. Mean, it's, I think it's one of those games, Battlefield, that is, I, I it intimidates me. If I'm being completely honest, watching people play it, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to die. This is not going to be fun for the people I'm playing but with. But it's not a game that you don't want to die in. Okay. Right? That's, where, that's where you got to understand, right? It's not a one-life game. It's, it's right. You're playing a respawn shooter. You're going to die. It is inevitable. I've died 50 times in a game, and I don't even think about it. It's a game, Call of Duty is the same thing. You're going to die. It's not that big of a deal. I, I think mortality is a huge deal, Zach. It's and not. I think everyone- it's really not. <laughs> We all have to face it at some point. I think the one thing I do enjoy about playing shoot, uh, shooters is there's a certain level of chaos that starts to happen, and it just starts to make me laugh a little bit, especially when I'm playing with friends. And I remember playing COD with you guys, and I just, after a while, I couldn't understand what was being said on the mic. You guys just kind of started speaking old Latin or something like that. It was really short words, very few syllables, and you were really locked in. 
but it's that type of control chaos that's so much fun. That part I enjoy. For me personally, the, it does get to a point where I'm like, oh man, well at least I made it to the you know the building the last game. I spawned in and someone shot me instantly. <laughs> and I think the the worst part about it is seeing those little feet run by after you get shot because it almost sounds like they say eh, and they run yeah. off and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean like like respawn shooters, you're going to die. It's not right. like Counter Strike where you when you play you have one life per round, right? You're you're at most gonna have twenty lives or something. Like right. Battlefield, you you can have a hundred lives or more in a game and it be fine. Right, 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 right. But actually, something that you're actually uh, enthusiastic about, I, I like it, man. I'm I like it. I might have to jump in there with you if you guys will have me. Of course, you know. We'll, well, play we'll have together. to fit you in. And there's like 15 <laughs> people that want to fucking play. And I think party sizes are limited to four. So <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't know what the new Battlefield would be. I think at one point there were six. Um, yeah. Yeah. We would we would for sure play with you. It's it's yeah, it's not. It's a game where it's like I think one of the modes is going to be 64 on 64 or one, 128 players on 128 or something. It's, a very, right. it's very large. It's a battlefield. Right. When they say battlefield, it's a battlefield. It is very large scale. It's, it, I, I got to say it again, man. It is a lot of fun to watch. Now, I know you're not pumped up about the Rainbow Six game that's coming out, but uh, for the listening audience, let me just tell you They're what we have. They're not pumped up about it either. <laughs> no one wants that. They wanted a new Rainbow Six competitive online shooter. Right. No one wanted and, this fucking alien extraction bullshit. It's dumb. <laughs> you know what the best part about the trailer was? The trailer was also dumb. I actually enjoyed the trailer, but I think the best part about the actual trailer to me was so they're going into an area where their teammate has been captured who's been slightly cocooned and they run in there and you mean to tell me it was that easy? Like, and that's probably what the game is going to be, too. It's like, oh, man, Zach just got pinned down. He got cocooned. So now we're all going to run and save him, see if we can get him out of there. But I haven't had a chance to catch up I'm with not anybody the one that pinned down. <laughs> You're not gonna get cocooned. I'm not even gonna Re- play it. <laughs> Real life scenario. <laughs> They're not catching me because I won't be there. Here's the issue, right? And I don't know why this is following in a trend of three player co-op games. Why are we doing three player co-op games? I might be in a weird scenario where we could play probably up to six players a lot of times with the amount right. of people that we ha- we have when we could cycle through. But three players? Why? That's stupid. I haven't had a chance to talk and like catch up with anyone from the Rainbow Six community to see how they received received this whole thing. And they I'm don't care. To I'm scared to look into it. They can be a toxic bunch sometimes. Like you know, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> they can be toxic, but. The one reviewer I watched on YouTube who made his bones uh, as a streamer playing Rainbow Six pretended to be very excited about it. I could tell it was a paid sponsor, <laughs> sponsored video, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of it, man. Especially without any gameplay, I'm very wary now of cinematic trailers for these type of games. Yeah, as you should are, be. Are you looking up to see what these uh, the Toxic Bros I, are I saying? Yes, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I just, I, I just think it's in a for me, it's in a scenario of. Who cares? Right. This is basically essentially what they're doing is adding a DLC to Rainbow Six Siege. But Rainbow Six Siege has been their online multiplayer game for how long now? 
I feel like those guys deserve a new rainbow game, right? Yeah. And not this fucking DLC that they're not going to call a DLC. They're going to sell you as a $60 standalone game. Yeah. Good point. Good point. A lot of those guys, though, they probably guys and women. Uh, the first get... question on Google is Rainbow right. Six Extraction a separate game? It's not, folks. Don't be fooled. It is. It is. It is. It, they're selling it as a separate game. It's not a DLC. It is a completely separate game. Yeesh. I, Yeesh. Yeah. I just. I know. You, I, I know. I, you, just I know. You literally out. just said that, but it's just like. <laughs> To think about it, to, to actually think about that and paying $60 for it, that'd be an amazing price gouge. Amazing. Um, Screw Rainbow Six. Let's get to the important stuff, man. Let me ask you a real question. First Mexican-born UFC champion. Yeah, Brandon Moreno walked through uh, Figueredo in a fashion that I didn't think we would see. Uh... I gotta tell you honestly, man. Uh, I lean into a lot of fights, but it's rare where I get emotional and I feel so happy. I felt from I, the, I was genuinely happy for the kid, man. Yeah, I, how could you not be? Dude? Right. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing: it, it, it's like a movie level narrative, right? Like he comes in, much bigger guy and the champion, a guy who could probably fight at 145. 145. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and have, would probably have power there as well. Yeah. The fight and it would have been small, but yeah. Yeah, first fight, and it would have been a bit of controversy. I actually had Moreno winning the first fight in spite of the whole point taken away from uh, for Figueroa, but uh, I it digress. It was That's, a very good fight. It was amazing. I, but, you know, rematches are all about the adjustment. So if we paint the picture, who came in with the better adjustment? We can contrast that to the main event. Obviously, Moreno came in, and he was a man on a mission. I knew that from the onset of the fight with the way that first jab looked. Not the one that knocked him down. There was a slight yeah. moment where he came in, and he just caught him on the jab before the one that knocked him down. And I was like, oh, man, this kid's going to whoop his ass. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like it's, no it's, it's going to be bad. That. No one expected no. it. Um, no. The issue, you got to talk about the fact that uh, Figueredo walks around at 160 pounds and yeah. fights at 125. He, he, yeah, like he's cutting like 25 percent of his body weight to get to 125. Uh, absolutely. In, in an absolute maniac move. I like he, he shouldn't be allowed to do that, frankly. Uh, no, he should not be allowed to cut that much weight. It's dangerous. He was sluggish. Like I, I didn't like he had a bad weight cut is what happened. Right. He, he weighed yeah. in with 40 seconds left. He was weight cutting the entire time. Everyone else was weighing in. Yep. Took it down to the wire. Um, like, no, yeah. so you, no, you're health, right. For guys' health and safety. No, you're like, you're right, and uh, that's old school wrestling stuff that's made its way over. But you're not you're not wrong. But let me ask you a question. Uh, to your point about someone, you know, about his weight cut. Other than that, give me your assessment of him as a champion, brief as it was. I just, I'm interested to think what you think about his skills. Figueredo. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't think he was going to get beat. Okay. Um, it was, it was a very good champion. It was active. It was active. What he had two or three title defenses. Uh, no. So Moreno, yeah. So technically two, both against Moreno. Oh, that's it. He yeah. won the belt and then fought Moreno. Oh. So here's the thing. So the very first time he was supposed to fight for the belt against Benavidez, he didn't make weight, so it wasn't actually for the belt, and so he won, but he didn't get a belt. Then the second time he fought against Benavidez. 
that's when he actually got the belt and then he defended his both his defenses have been against against Moreno. No. Yes. He beat Alex Perez after he beat Joseph Benavidez. Which one's Alex Perez? It was the fight after he won the belt. No, who is Alex Perez? Let me look him up. I don't even remember this guy. Right. So okay. So he had two title defenses, one ending in a draw, one right. ending in a first round submission. But the real the real narrative here should be the fact that he fought November twenty first to def- defend his title, and then again mm-hmm. on December twelfth, he fought oh, within he twenty around, days yeah. to fight Moreno because uh, Moreno's opponent had dropped out, I believe, and he and he as a champion stepped in to fight. So oh, yeah, this guy he was active. Um, he fought very very quickly. Three times in 2020, and then again in June of 2021. Four fights in a calendar year is a lot. Um, and that's what should be known. Yeah. No, I won't take anything away from him. Um, but I'm definitely not going to take any shine off Moreno's thing. So here's no, the thing, absolutely right? absolutely not. I wouldn't do that either. He had, a, he had a literal perfect performance. Yeah. No, no I wasn't suggesting that you were. But here's the thing about it, right? Um the weight cutting situation, you got to have smart people in your team. You got to have people, compassionate people. And then you got to have people that are going to protect you from yourself. So, this whole weight cutting thing is obviously, a, you know, comes over from college wrestling, Olympic wrestling, shoot wrestling, all of it. They all cut obscene amount of weight and it's made its way into, uh, into the UFC. And obviously, you have a lot of it in boxing as well. Now, should the company themselves step in and actively say, hey, you should not be doing this? I say yes. I put my, you know, I put my money where my mouth is. I used to feel the same way with Johnny Hendricks uh, and his weight cuts. The fact that that guy was walking around at two twenty and then dropped down for welterweight at one seventy was was insane. Anthony Rubble Johnson was from what seventy to heavyweight. Yes, yes, yeah, all the way insane. through. Even made it. You know, he made a stop at a at middleweight there. He lost to Vitor Belfort, I believe it was. Yeah. Should someone step in? Should the commission be involved? More than likely, I think it's uh, going to bring a lot of attention that they don't want in those scenarios. Because then, if you start looking at weight cutting, you have to look at weight cutting habits, and well, that's going to take one championship. Does it? They do it one with, championship. Yeah, they do it with uh, hydration testing. That's why, like DJ left at one twenty-five and mm-hmm. now fights at one thirty-five in one championship. Correct Basically, me if I'm wrong. Is one championship still outside of America? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, the, I don't know if the commissions are actually like American-based commissions. Now, I could be totally wrong. I still think they're they may not be run it's by a bunch the, of wise guys the anymore. That do it. It's it's the organization of one FC that does. But it. we already know. Yeah, but we know the UFC isn't going to do that. They're not going to mandate it. That's why my point was it would have to be something like the commission. So it's not have to get seriously hurt. Right, yeah. Figueroa would have had to have a serious issue. I mean, Khabib has had issues in the past, right? He had to pull out of a Tony Ferguson fight because his kidneys were failing. I mean, but come on, the guy wrestled up. bears when he was a kid. No one's going to think that look, kidney, kidney failure is going to hurt Khabib. That doesn't matter. Yeah. I think what's going to actually have to happen if people are going to really take it serious, it's going to have to be like the next step in the sport of mixed martial arts. Obviously, the next step for the UFC. So there was a time when I never thought they would ever take uh, testing seriously. Like I, I seriously believe that at one point. I'm still not sure they do. Uh, good point. Wink, wink. Very good point. But I think that for someone like Moreno, man, like I just got to give my give all the flowers and all the props to his coaches 
because it, you just saw something in that fight that you'll rarely get to see ever, which is someone that made these type of adjustments, but not only did he adjust to his opponent, he just grew in gains, man. Like whenever I see MMA fighters throwing multiple punch combos and then using lateral movement and ending things with leg kicks, when I see someone reverse a, a person who's dominant, known for their dominance in the top position, reverse them and leave them with no room for a, for a scramble anything. or anything like that. Anything. Like it's it's just it, absolute it was absolutely a amazing. Perfect performance. I'm not sure there is a uh, what the fuck is it? What do we call it? Featherweight? Yeah. I'm not sure there was a there was a featherweight on the planet lot, uh, that night who could have beat Brandon Moreno. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm a good not point. sure. I'm not sure if DJ fought him if DJ could have beat him with with how no. good he looked. Now, obviously, that's the question. Now, DJ left the division in, in literal shambles. Um, it was him and you Henry. Mean Henry's it, it was no. It was it was after DJ left. It was him and Henry. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Right. That that was the entire 125 division was was him and Henry Cejudo, and they right. literally could have just ran that fight every fucking week forever, and it would have been great. But right. that's it. That was like yeah. he left. The, he left, and then had, Cejudo didn't have anyone to fight. Would have loved to have seen the trilogy. I don't think Cejudo won the second fight. To be fair, no, uh, we've had I don't that, either. We've had that conversation. Um, but now 25 and th- and 35 to some extent is very exciting. Because there's yeah. not that super dominant guy on top, but if Brandon Moreno goes out there next fight and looks the exact same way, is we'll be I'm, in the back. I'm, I'm writing twenty five off again. I'm, he's, <laughs> that, he's just not going to get beat. What really should be we should be talking about is how incredible Brandon Moreno's story is. Fought oh, in the absolutely. UFC, went, got cut. Got cut because he lost two or three in a row. Fought his way through some under organizations and came back and won the championship. Yeah. It's a, and it's a beautiful story, man. I think we talked about this before in regards to Anthony Rumble Johnson, but particularly for Moreno, man, it's like watching a guy make it to the major leagues, get bumped down to the, the minors, and fight his way back. But here's the thing about him fighting his way back, and I, I agree with your point 100%. You love to see it for a young guy like that, but a guy like him in general, man, because here's some other stuff he was doing outside of fighting once he got back in the UFC. Because he's so uh, articulate in regards to uh, when, he, when he's speaking his native tongue, and because he's such a nice guy and kind of charismatic, they made him the, uh, the Spanish-speaking uh, commentator and analyst for yeah, the UFC. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I remember that. <laughs> and he's good at it, right? Yeah. You and I both know that You know, this is not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to cover a conversation or break down the things that you enjoy. And we've seen some fighters attempt to do it. Michelle Waterson, Angela Hill. And they weren't very great at Carlos Condit. Uh, you know, and it's not their fault. <laughs> Throwing out the names like he's an assassin. But on the other hand, uh, Felder, Cruz, uh, Daniel Cormier, Michael Bisping, Dan Hardy. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I even think Michael Chiesa, to some extent, is very yeah, good at yeah. it. Like, there's there's many people on the other opposite side that's very good at it. I think you have to have like you have to really love the game to to be a to be a good analyst on the other side, and uh, it's very clear that Moreno loves being a fighter. Yeah, and he's a smart kid too. So he moved yeah. uh, his entire family. Like you know, he's born and raised, homegrown Tijuana. Moved his family to uh, Vegas, which is something a lot of fighters are doing now. Obviously, the PI system that they've come up with there is being taken extremely serious. Yeah. 
And shout out to the UFC for doing that. Now, you and I both know there's a business back end on that, but we'll just let them have their their flowers for this. And they're doing good by the fighters yeah. in regards to the you know what they're providing to them. Move this whole family out to Vegas. Very hard decision for him. He said, you know, he wants to rep for Tijuana. He wants to be immersed in uh, his community. But he went out there and he did what he needed to do and isolated himself to become champion. And that's the thing I respected about Henry Cejudo. You can say what you want about the guy, cringe king or not, but you'll never, besides Moreno now and him and DJ, what makes champions are their work ethics, yeah. right? And uh, and how they handle themselves. I wanted to talk to you one more thing about that fight with him, uh, Moreno's fight. How good was that post-fight interview? Like, <laughs> I, I don't even really remember it at this point. <laughs> Dude, I was literally bad, uh I think I was trying to text you the whole time he was talking. I didn't cry, but I was trying to text you the oh, whole time. And like, cried. I cried a little bit. Mainly <laughs> tears. Mainly tears. <laughs> I cried a little bit, man. But also, that should have been the main event. Now, this is something you and I can dig into all the time. Zach and I are huge in defending what we think is right in regards to MMA and the UFC yeah. in particular. And uh, so, yeah, Israel Asanya's fight, obviously... Well, yeah, he's I a mean, he's a, big, a he's, bigger he's a weight class, draw. Bigger, bigger name. Bigger draw, so that yeah. is the that is the 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 main event. I, I would have rather seen the twenty fivers at, at main event, but Izzy being the only person ever going to put Izzy in a in a co main event is maybe Francis. Like yeah, if at he, this point, if heavyweight and, and they fight, maybe maybe Usman. I, but I think even Izzy probably gets main event over that. I, I yeah. There's one person that they would definitely. Uh, it would be interesting. I won't say definitely. Connor. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see because he's still technically the, the largest draw. But forget him. We're not talking about him right By now. Mile, the reason, which is insane to me. It's the a, guy hasn't won a fight since 2016. <laughs> other than when he beat that? a poor old cowboy. <laughs> it's not his fault. Cowboy's old and is susceptible to I, shoulder strikes. You know, you're, you're absolutely correct. Who trains for that? Who trains for the shoulder strike? Nobody, but, but they claim they do after they got it done. Oh, my goodness. No one trains for that. That's absolute madness. I, mean, I, I, was in the, I was in the back hitting hitting shoulder strikes right before this. Like, shut the fuck Dude, up, Connor. fighters are such liars, man. I, oh, it's so rare when someone, when Megan O'Leary comes up and she says, Hey, Zach, were you guys training that uh that pope, that toe pick you just pulled on the guy? Oh, yeah, training it every day. <laughs> All the time. Uh, we're working on it for... Uh, Let me show you how we do it. 13 seconds. <laughs> but uh, I, I really do think the, the the Moreno fight could have carried the entire car, especially when we yeah. work our way to that main event. We won't stay here long, but I did want to talk to you about Leon Edwards really screwed the pooch on this one, folks. And we're talking about a guy Am I almost that... getting fucking knocked out? <laughs> But dude, it's amazing. He had the same look Connor had when Connor got hit by Diaz, and they always all have the same look. They're like, "Oh man, how did this happen?" <laughs> <laughs> he he beat the shit out of Nate Diaz for twenty four minutes out of twenty five, and then gets rocked. Like, yes, literally, as far as I know, out on his feet. Yes, yes, you yes. You don't yes, stumble yes. forward like he did on like the little second exchange there yeah, without yeah, yeah, being yeah. knocked the fuck out. Uh, Dude, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> what were you doing in that exact moment? That was another moment I tried to text you, and I'm just like, I, what is happening I, right I, now? You could ask Shane. I was like, I was like, oh, Leon's playing with him. Oh, he's not. <laughs> he's out. He's. I was like, he's almost out. 
I didn't know who to root for. Obviously, I wanted Leon Edwards to win. I wanted right. Leon Edwards to finish the fight. I thought that was going to go two rounds, and I thought Leon Edwards yeah. was going to finish him. Um, and uh, it's hard to finish Nate Diaz. It really, really is. Either the Diaz brothers, to be fair. Um, yeah. It's fucking hard, but insanity. He's getting old. He's getting old. I'm telling you right now, Nate. And here's where I see the age coming. It's not with the strike. Oh, yeah. Well, forget about his brother. Like, But they do crazy cardio stuff that make you and I throw up just from watching the YouTube videos. But there was a moment when Nate, and I want to use the correct words. He didn't struggle. It's just the Jits, the physical part of the Jits, I just don't think is there anymore. Like, he had Leon in his guard at one point. I'm like, that's it for Leon. And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh, man, he hasn't tapped anyone in quite some time. Oh, no, he tapped Connor, but he hasn't tapped anyone from the guard. Yeah, I mean he he tapped Connor, but but that was after Connor got hit and, <laughs> and got rocked yeah, and tried to make a choke, yeah, on his back. Um, but it, go ahead, dude. I, I just like Nate wants to come in and do these show fights and do the thing. Right. But he even said after the press conferences he he wasn't in, he wasn't like motivated for this fight. And if yeah. if going up a weight class and fighting arguably the guy who should have the next title shot doesn't get you motivated. There is nothing that will get you motivated to fight. Well, yeah, no, and there's that, and the fact that like, so that scar tissue around his eyes, yeah. it's a huge issue. It's a, and it's going to continue to become an even worse issue. But he got cut in the fight, and when someone else says this, I usually just kind of take it with a grain of salt. But to hear him say like, "Hey, I got cut," and then that slowed down my sparring, and that took me out the groove, I believe him. But you know, if they're going to keep giving him the legacy fights, I can't. He is a guy that is just That's an anomaly. Leon Edwards is not a legacy fight. That no, is, yeah, that's that your point. That's, that was title contender fight. If Nate yeah. Diaz beat Leon Edwards, he was fighting Kamaru Usman for the 150, 170 pound belt. And, and that we is a seen fact. It. That is a fact. Dude, they would have built it so quick. But here's the amazing thing. Could you imagine having to sit through Nate Diaz fighting Kamaru Usman? Like a five rounder? It would have been. It would have been. It, Kamaru Usman can finish Nate Diaz. Let's be fair. Absolutely, absolutely. He'll rip his head <laughs> off, smoke whatever weeds in his body, and then throw it out the ring. I imagine you knock Nate Diaz's head off, and the entire stadium is hot boxed immediately. <laughs> Just confetti and gummies flying everywhere. And smoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe Rogan crawls, uh, climbs I can't out of him. He was like, "All right, everyone, come to the after party." <laughs> It's on my IG. Yeah, and Dude, we're, like, man, we're I, sponsored by uh, Daddy Drinks. So, yeah, you know who they are. And I'm like, Dude, I have no fucking clue what he's talking about. Who, who, who was he talking about? Do we know? No, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I tune him out the same way I tune out homeless people because I feel so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't. Here's the even crazier part about that. Five rounds because nate asked dana was like yeah he's harassing me about making well, this a five round they, it was and five rounds because they had scheduled to fight a five round fight the month prior and that's what they were training for i think that's why it, it was a five rounder was it supposed in. to be a five round because they was, were supposed to be the going ma- it was the main event uh, of whatever fight night that they were fighting on yes it was a main of it wasn't it was a pay-per-view card they were supposed to be on no it was a headline of a main event it was a headline of a fight night and Nate Diaz, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I just want to go on the record for saying this. But Nate Diaz agreed to do a fight night. That's amazing. That's amazing because he won't even get out for a less, anything less than the promised purse and the, the bonus show money. So that's really good if they got him to do that. I'm pretty positive. Here's, here's the next thing, right, about Leon Edwards. So I don't think it 
why are you looking that up? I don't think it diminishes his his brand any. I don't want to be that fan, right? You know, he went out there, he dominated every round, and then he got caught, and he managed to survive. I did find it interesting that Kamaru Usman is not. You know, he did, and I I respect Kamaru, and he has every right to do this now. But he is doing that thing where the champion is like, man, you got to okay. show me I something. It was the co-main for uh, Oliveira versus Chandler. Oh, man, I missed that. that. Why would you bring that fight up? That fight still makes me very, very happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you, do you understand what I'm saying about the Kamaru Usman thing? I hate when champions do this, but I always give them the respect and space to do it where it's like, you got to show me something to make me like, no, I don't really have to show you anything. I can claw my way into Listen, the fight. Beating if Daniel Maya can get two championship fights, Anyone can give championship fight. Listen, that's very fair, and I'll give you that. But I, but beating a guy who fought his career at fifty five does not does not lend you any any positivity for your career, in my opinion. No, like no. It, like it, it would it would be different if Nate had been a title contender a in either division b at seventy at one point in his career and then went back down to fifty five for a while and then came back up to seventy. But this was other than the Connor fights was his first fight at seventy, right? Oh uh, no, I think he fought Roy. No, he fought Roy McDonald at seventy as well. But still, he 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 play, he, he fought. Yeah, he's a one fifty five. Fifty five, right? Yeah. Think, yeah, that's, for sure. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying Please. to look at his career. Yeah, he fought. <laughs> They fought in Japan at, at welterweight at, at a pancreas event. Uh, yeah. And he fought Rory uh, Markham at 70 uh, because the other guy missed weight. But that's that's Fat. the only other fight. Fat piece. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> you know what's really interesting, though, man? Uh, if they're going to give his brother a fight, Obviously, yeah. I'm there for it, but uh, I still have the bitter taste of his last fight against Anderson Silva in my mind. But that, that just when he popped laid in down there. On the, uh... Yeah, man. I know I've told you this story a billion times, but I was snowed in in Boston in a yeah, very yeah, nice lay hotel. Out, lay out the story for a minute. I have to use the bathroom. Go for it. I was in a. For anyone that's still here, <laughs> I was in Boston, beautiful hotel, and it's one of the worst snowstorms that I've ever been in in Boston. I won't say the worst of Boston's history and all i was looking forward to was some good room service from this very expensive hotel and since i wasn't paying for it and watching nate diaz and anderson silva a fight that technically should not have happened but was appropriately hyped and built and built off a comment that chel sonen made and they actually made this fight Nick Diaz has fought at middleweight before in Strike Force, and he is, I believe he had maybe one middleweight fight in the UFC. I have to go confirm that. But there was no real backstory here. It's not like they had beef or anything like that. This is really billed as a fight of who is the better striker, who has the better boxing, and this should be an all-out either grappling affair because they're both le uh, legit black belts, and they're both amazing slick strikers. Anderson more so than, uh, than Nick Diaz. What it turned into was one of the most bizarre fights I have ever seen in history. We had a very tentative Anderson, and this is Anderson after getting his leg snapped in half by uh, the kick hurt around the world against Chris Weidman. And then we had a Nick Diaz who hadn't fought in so long that what we wound up getting was Nick Diaz laying in the middle of the octagon 
and Anderson Silva doing everything not to engage. There was literally a point in the fight when Anderson had him in the plum and then into a clinch. And if you don't know a lot about Anderson Silva, one of his best highlight reels is against a poor bastard named... I can't even remember his name. He, he took the belt from him. He took the belt from from this guy. I, can't, I, I just drew a blank. But Anderson Silva won the middleweight championship in the UFC by uh, uh, Rich Franklin by getting this guy in a plum and kneeing his face into oblivion. And then I think he did the exact same thing to him again. He got Nick uh, Nick Diaz in the same move, and I'm like, uh oh, here come the knees. And Anderson wouldn't throw it. He wouldn't throw a punch. He wouldn't throw an elbow or anything. It was so bizarre, Zach. I don't understand it. But that's why Isn't I'm not that, looking forward wait, to... Didn't he test positive for steroids that fight? Uh, Nick's tested positive for weed. And Anderson, yes, this was the infamous right, well, blue substance. So, okay, here's the here's the real question we should be asking about Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz you originally story, I'll be got, right back. A, got it. Nick Diaz originally, from what I understand, got a lifetime ban from the sport for testing positive for marijuana, which is absolutely absurd now they're they nate diaz recently was smoking it immediately after the show um and then it was a five-year suspension for marijuana and a a large fine for a non-performance enhancing drug and tj dillashaw gets a year a year or 18 months whatever it was for epo that's the real real tragedy in the nick diaz story because nick diaz would have fought more recently than like 2015. He fought six years ago. He probably would have fought. I would imagine he probably would have fought a few times since then. But it, it, the actual absurdity of the fact that uh, Nick Diaz got suspended for a very long time uh, for a marijuana incident is like insane. It, like actual insanity. That'll never happen again. I don't know how. I don't know how it happened or, or how it was able to happen, but the uh, the athletic commission really screwed him on that. And I, I want I want to be curious what Steve's take about uh, about this is. But yeah, I'm listen. If he uh, if he comes back and actually puts on a uh, puts on a fight or two, I'm excited for it. I don't think I've ever actually watched a Nick Diaz fight other than like the clips of him laying down against Anderson Silva. Um, but yeah, that's kind of about it. So very, very excited for Nick Diaz return. Uh, and by that, I mean, I'm pretty lukewarm on it. I don't, I don't want to see another old guy come back and get beat up, which is probably what's going to happen. So we'll see, uh, cardio machines, the, the Diaz brothers. Um, and I'm curious on who they pick for him to fight. I've heard rumors that, that it, it'll actually be announced fairly soon. Um, a fight at seventy. Actually, that's what he fought at, right? One seventy. Um, a fight at uh one seventy between him and, and uh Cowboy Cerrone would be an interesting fight. Um, I just don't know what, what uh, what Mister Diaz would would actually do. Man, the Diaz brothers have been in the in the UFC for a very long time, for a very 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 long time. Was he ever? Was he ever a champion in the UFC? No, he was a champion in Strike Force and the WEC. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he does when he comes back, what he can do. Uh, 
if he ever makes a return. He's been talking about a return for, I think, like 18 months now. So, you know, very excited. I wonder where Steve went. I wonder what Steve said about me while I was gone. Well, good thing I'll never find out. It's a very interesting picture of a camera Steve has in his basement there. Um, wonderful little studio he has. It's a, it's a very nice place. Uh, the studio, that is. The rest of it's a dumpster fire. So that's a... Uh, that that's to be expected. So, yeah, Nick Diaz is coming back. Everyone's very excited for it. Um, that's it. It's all I got. It's <laughs> all I got. Steve, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Steve, come back. On another note, I'm very excited for Battlefield. I don't know uh, if... Oh, oh, hey, and Steve's back. And the Nick Diaz thing that I was just talking about. You're muted. What happened? What, 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 uh, I laid out my point, and then I, I started drowning here by myself. Um, what I was saying was Nick Diaz was suspended uh, indefinitely for mar testing positive for marijuana, where um, TJ Dillashaw gets 18 months for, for a performance-enhancing drug. And I, I wanted to know your opinion on that. I am so glad someone finally asked me my opinion. <laughs> so here's the thing, right, about the the California, I believe it was California. If I'm wrong, please correct me. They are corrupt. That commission was corrupt. That whole thing with Nick Diaz was a, a sham. And this was in regards to marijuana and whatever the, the, the prejudice and bias they had going on there. And there's a lot of stuff behind that. It's bullshit. Short answer, right? And then I'll be willing to expound on it. It's absolute hypocrisy and bullshit. And the same thing goes for John Jones because I got to be consistent, right? Picogram or not, cocaine, whatever it was. If you're going to hand out lifetime bans, John Jones has had plenty of opportunities to be banned for his life, right? Assault, battery, drunken, you know, drunken disorder, drunk. The man shot a gun into the air, right? I don't know how many times he's gotten out of court in New Mexico. T.J. Dillashaw was taking intense, yeah. high performance enhancing drugs, right? It's as far as you can go in cheating. And the fact that he's back already. Now, I will give it to him, like, in regards to his honesty. He got caught. He owned up to it right away. PR-wise, kudos for him. But no, it's bullshit, man. And the reason they did that to Nick is because of who he is, right? And what he represents. And obviously, Nick is not the type of guy that's playing ball with commission on any level. Because when he went, even when he went in front of them, it wasn't like he was over, like overly disrespectful. He's like, "No, I smoked weed, and that's what it was. I smoke it you know, recreationally, and I also do it to recover yeah. from my injuries." The and real reason they suspended him for as long as they did is he refused to pay the one hundred fine one hundred and sixty five thousand dollar fine. But that's my point right there, my brother. Where do you come up with that number? Not I have you, no right? Idea. I, I like you, and he, and this is the shit that bothers me about the commission, right? So I hire you as my representative, as my attorney. But it's not even like we're arguing this in front of the court of law, right? I'm arguing this is not a real panel that has. There's a bunch of mobbed up people, remnants from an old sport who refuse to move forward in regards to these things, and it's it's absolute nonsense. And you know how much time Anderson Silva got for the blue juice? Not it was like long. a year. Yeah. It was like a year. And then he had already served most of his uh, suspension 
leading up to the the actual hearing, it's BS, man. I for one, TJ Dillashaw coming back, is it good for the sport? No, I don't think so. To be completely honest with you, like I want to see Killashaw at least get his fight and maybe you know right off into the sunset. I, th- I think Sandhagen walks through him though. Oh yeah, it's it's a horrible fight to come back to. That let's be clear about that. That is an absolute horrible fight. But to to answer your question, it's it's one of those things where MMA is. It proved to me that it hadn't fully come out of the dark ages, and there was still a lot of corruption in there. And if this sport ever wants to be taken seriously, if people want to take combat sports seriously. We really need to do an overhaul of the commissions themselves. I cannot squeeze into the limited amount of time we have in this show how many instances the Nevada Commission has screwed up the lives of fighters. Literally, a day before that hearing, they were doing the boxing ones, and it was atrocious. Yeah, it was it was Nevada that they were in. Yeah, and it was... it was Zach, I've never seen anything like this. They handed out two-and-a-half-year suspensions like they were just you know, they're giving out parking tickets at one point. And I'm like, do you realize what two and a half years is to an athlete in in a combat sport? It, it's it's more time than any one person uh, should or could take off. Realistically. No, abso- absolutely. That is you ask a good question. <laughs> it mean, it puts me in a, a precarious movement because they're basketball players, uh, you know, Baseball players that have gotten away were way worse, and it's it's absolutely amazing. I want to talk to you about something that I know that we talked about briefly briefly on the pre-show here, but let's just talk about Israel Adesanya, right? So we have deferring views on his performance. I think his ground game is improved, but yes, not enough to the point where I would say that would sell a fight. I still wouldn't bill Israel as a top grappler because he isn't. That's no, just not the truth. Uh, his defensive wrestling has gotten a lot better. Sure. The slick, the evasive striking has always been there. His takedown defense is very good. His takedown defense is very good. But it's funny, man, because uh, Israel Adesanya is heading to a place where he's made fun of other champions for being like, there's a certain point where you get to a high enough caliber and you're fighting opponents. Not saying that uh, this opponent qualifies as that, but decisions become a regular part of your career because you are fighting frequently and it becomes a little bit harder to put these guys away. Yeah. Here's what I don't understand because we don't even have to cover that fight. Why does he talk so much Skrilla about Robert Whitaker? I, I I don't get it. Where's all this coming from? Like, has Robert Whitaker ever said a bad word about this guy? Where is this coming from? <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. Uh, there's definitely a lot of animosity there towards a guy he beat handily, um, who was a guy who was who was a very successful champion prior to him, you know, uh, put on some of the, the best title defenses against Yo Romero and, and such, but... I don't know, actually. I, I'm not sure. I don't know if Robert Whitaker's ever talked shit about anybody. I don't think I've ever heard the man say a mean word about <laughs> about anything ever. Right. You probably bring him the wrong food, and he's just like, oh, all right, that's all right. Everyone makes mistakes. That was a bit of a Scottish English accent. I apologize to all my friends in Australia. but You have no friends in Australia. It was close enough. Uh, yeah, I don't have any friends <laughs> I only have blood enemies over there. I mean... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say in this regard. So we're going to get obviously get that. That is the next fight. Robert Whitaker seems to be, be doubting and he's ready to go. I think he's earned it and he, he did the right thing. You got to respect Robert Whitaker for being willing that to say uh, three times till uh, Cannoneer and Gasolum. Gasolum. Oh, man. That, the Gasolum performance is very great good. fight. Yeah. Great they stopped fight. doing that thing where he lunges in. And, Thank God. Uh, 
yeah, it looked very good. He does that um like th- like three hit combo, like a, a left and a right and then a and then a high kick. That's very good. He almost killed Gastelum with it. Um, so we'll have to see where Izzy comes with that. But I, I don't think the idea of beating Izzy or the plan of beating Izzy should not be to get in a firefight with him. The guy's no. the guy striking is, is too good. Um, you're gonna have to do something to wear him down. And I thought Vittori getting on top of him and leaning on him and stuff was going to wear him down, but that clearly wasn't the way because that didn't work either. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what his game plan is coming in though. See, would you pointed something out that was, uh, as I think about, pretty good in uh, the 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 pre-show. It's one thing to lean on a person and hope that they build up, you know, all that lactic acid in their muscles and stuff. Whatever. But that tend to that tends to work on bigger, muscular strikers, right? You keep yeah. making them grapple. But like you said before, what he really did was he shot in, put his hand, you know, clasped his hand behind his butt, was hoping that he was going to be able to suck out his legs and pull him off the cage. Couldn't do it. Couldn't couldn't get there and then when he got him down he wasn't able to utilize it and do anything with it so he didn't really tire izzy out so much as he tired himself out shooting in for constant stupid takedowns i think that the path to izzy and we've talked about this before and uh we talked about when we had light on too for a brief second path of victory is body shots now that's easier said than done because it's not like he's not going to make the adjustments because you start going for body shots and you start going for hooks and you're just shorter guy you're going to start flying into some knees it's a horrible feeling, right? So you duck in because you're trying to evade his strikes. And you're like, ooh, I can't, I'm going to catch him with the slick body shot. And there's that right knee and he, waiting he for you right there. for you, right. Yeah. That's the issue with Adesanya is no one has quite figured out the puzzle of you're going to have to set something up and get him in a trap, right? The, the same way Valentina Shevchenko beats, beats other females is she sets up traps that she's setting up two and three rounds prior to when she actually does it. You're going to have to do that to Izzy, and I, I, I don't know if he wouldn't see that coming, right? With as many high-level striking bouts as he's been in, I, you know, it, it would be hard. And I think that's the that's the play. that you, You're going to have to set up and get him into a trap of constantly throwing high kicks and go to the body a bunch or whatever, or the opposite. Constantly throwing body kicks and then and then throw throw one high. The same thing he was doing to Vittoria, and, uh, but you're going to have to catch him off guard. He has been knocked out, so... You know, it's it's not that that can't happen. No, I think that was like right on the money here. As you're saying that, it just dawned on me what you're going to have to do is you're just going to have to be better than him. Right. So here's the thing. The, the Gaslam fight. You know why Gaslam had so much success? One, because Gaslam played to his strengths. He knew he's the shorter guy. So those jabs coming down were going to be a little bit awkward coming from Izzy. And he was also willing to go into the danger zone. I have so much respect for Gaslam for that, because there were so many times where he could have just got wiped coming in the way that he did. Right, he did everything technically sound, but he knew he had to take a risk for the reward. The question becomes: Does Robert Whitaker want to take that risk? Because I don't know if it's his chin, I don't know if it's Izzy's combinations mixed with power and precision, but he can't for a second allow himself to lunge in when he fights Izzy. Like I'm talking about, you're gonna have to really hone in your discipline and say, no matter what happens here. I cannot lunge. <laughs> I, I cannot lunge. And if I see him lean back for even a second, assume that the check hook is coming. Now, he can test him with leg kicks. That's one way to, to slow him down. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there, man. Um, as you can hear, it is time for me to rap. <laughs> Got it. Sounds good to me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Talking With a Dad podcast, episode 102. Find us on all your social media and podcasting platforms, talking with a dad, all one word, and uh, we'll see you back.